0: Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show, an audio masterclass on how to move the needle on your performance and impact as an athlete, parent, or coach. Here's your host, Coach Cahill. All right, so what's the one thing you believe about coaching that most people disagree with you on, but you feel is important anyway?
1: Yeah, I don't you know, I think I think in coaching, I think a lot of a lot of us coaches are kind of all raised the same way, have most of the same core beliefs, Um, you know, but the one thing, the one thing we probably talk about, you know, more than anything in our program, you know, especially on defense at Rhode Island is uh, communication and trust whether it's on and off the field. So um, we're looking for really effective communicators. Um, You know, we're looking for, you know, players in our program, they're communicating to us, you know, whether they're communicating on the field, they're communicating off the field, you know, with their school stuff. And and that, and that really goes back into recruiting too, you know, we're, when we're looking to call a recruit or talk to a recruit and get to know a recruit, we want to be able to, you know, see if they can carry on a conversation, you know, be able to talk about their family, what they like, what they don't like, you know, things that interest them, you know, what is their overall plan for, for college and and what is their purpose when they go to college? So, you know, we, we talk about communication and trust a lot and, and being able to build that in our program. And, uh, you know, we want to, we want to be able to see kids be able to, rec- uh, you know, when we recruit them to be able to commute uh, communicate to us, not just, you know, through text messages, but be able to get on the phone and, you know, carry on a conversation. That's really important um, to us and what we're doing.
0: Have you noticed a change in uh, recruits people skills over the course of the the past, like, five to ten years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I haven't been in it too long. You know, I'm still a young guy. Um, You know, I've been coached for, I think, nine years now. But what I have seen is that, you know, the kids are going to want to lean on the social media more than ever. Um, you know, they want to, they want to sit on there and DM, you know, which, is, which is all good. Cause that's how you, that's how you really find a lot of these recruits at first is through their Twitter and their bios on Twitter. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think, you know, to really answer your question, I, th- I think they're, they're still more apt to want to text you and DM you, but um, at the end of the day, you still got to be able to communicate through the phone, you know? So I don't, I don't think it's changed too much, um, but just the Twitter, is so much more prevalent for every recruit. Like when we look at a guy and we can't find a guy with a Twitter, you know, that's like rare now, you know, if we're trying to look for a kid, you know, we watch kids huddle tape. Okay. We like his tape. Hey, we talked to the high school coach. All right, let's find his Twitter. When they don't have a Twitter, they're, they're in like the minority now, you know, whereas, you know, maybe five years ago, that was more, that was more popular that they might not have a Twitter or social media to follow them.
0: So what are maybe two or three of your Twitter do's and don'ts for uh, high school football recruits trying to play in college
1: yeah so i would say you know for for dudes, i would definitely say you know make, make sure it's your name you know not try to be funny but make sure make sure the twitter is your name you know so we can so we can easily search you you know don't put you know little something or you know xxx or something at the end of the name make sure make sure the twitter is your name or something close to your name so it's easily searchable um you know explain explain the basics of you in your bio for sure you know maybe height weight school year, uh, GPA, maybe a test score, definitely, you know, attach your huddle tape and your bio as well. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a, too elaborate, but make sure you get the, the basic information. And that'd be, that'd be pretty much the do's. you know, make sure you're easily successful and, and searchable and, uh, you know, have the bio be clean so people can easily identify you and who you are.
0: And what's your advice for the biggest Twitter don't? to, you know, what, what, what you you said your dues, what about like your don'ts yeah, for yeah, Twitter?
1: Yeah. The, yeah. Don'ts. I would, you know, you gotta be really careful what you say. I think, I think it's important to let the kids have individualism um, and, you know, freedom of speech and all that, but you know, be careful what you do, be careful what you say. You don't, you don't ever know uh, how people are going to take things, you know, don't, don't say things on there that are emotional, you know, whether it's different issues that are going on in your life, um, you know, just make sure when you tweet, if you do tweet something out you never know how people are going to read it. People can read it a hundred different ways, you know? So yeah, you might be saying it one way, but when you put things in text, it can be read a million different ways. Whereas if you're just saying it to somebody's face, it's going to be taken more purely and truly. So, uh, you know, just really be careful what you're saying on there and just, you know, obviously careful on what you like. You know, if you like something and a coach is on a timeline, you know, they they can really see what you're liking and it could be something, you know, inappropriate or something that you wouldn't, you probably shouldn't like if you want to be recruitable.
0: Sure. Well, yeah. And I mean, the, your social media footprint follows you around. And when you talk to young kids and I, I think back to when I was in high school, my gosh, like if we had social media to the extent that we had now, you know, everybody's yep. there with an HD camera networked up to 4 billion people to capture you at one of your worst moments. Um, yep. it, it almost is like, uh, kids don't have the luxury of making a mistake that nobody's ever going to hear about anymore. Whereas like yeah. maybe 10, 20 years ago, you could still be a bonehead relatively speaking. And yep. you know, it's like, to some extent, being a bonehead is developmentally appropriate because young people make mistakes. Um, yep. What it's been, I, I guess, is that something that resonates with you? Have you guys kind of yep. seen that with yeah i mean i
1: yeah i guess i can relate to you know i'm I'm 30 31 now and i you know got out of berlin high school in 2008 so you know i guess i only can go off my experience but when i was being recruited i didn't have a twitter i barely was even on social media um you know i think facebook was around but there wasn't a lot of things i was doing on there so my bonehead or you know immature you know kid-like moments my 16 and 17 year old moments were were pretty much with my friends you know without a with an, without an iPhone camera out or a video out or, or whatever, you know? So, um, you know, these kids are under such a microscope and everything is judged every single day. And it, you know, it puts a lot of stresses on them too. It's not, it's not completely their fault. Uh, it's just the way the world is now. And they just got to understand that, you know, understand that everything is being viewed all, all the time. Everything's always out there. So just know who, just know who's with you.
0: What's the impact you want to have on the players who come to play for you? not just as players, but, but people as well.
1: Yeah. I I want them to, I want them to definitely look at me as a mentor to them, you know, you know, whether they see me as a big brother, you know, I say more like a big brother to them. Um, You know, I I want, I want them to know that, you know, we're going to have tough conversations and they might not always agree with what I'm telling them or the advice that i am giving them, but it's, but it's in their best interest for the long run, you know, trying to teach them the values that they're going to need to carry for, five, 10, 20, 15 years, not just, you know, not just jobs, but, you know, life and, you know, having a wife and having a kid and having a house and having a mortgage and paying bills and and doing things the right way. So, you know, I want, I want them to be able to understand that it's not going to be always, you know, roses and dandies and stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. And, uh, but you got to be able to give them the tough, tough advice and, I don't want them to be able to have a, you know, honest relationship with me, you know, not just when they're playing, but when they're done playing. So, you know, the biggest thing for us is, you know, we see a lot of kids that want to go into different professions. But, um, you know, what we believe in our program is we see a lot of kids that want to be coaches and we want to be able to build them up as coaches as well. So that's that's really the impact that a lot of coaches had for me um, when I was in college. and, And that's the impact we want to be able to give them, you know, give them the advice put them in the right direction uh, that's going to help them throughout their whole entire life. And, and if they want to go into a field that we're, you know, so-called experts or, or have better knowledge, and we can give them the platform to do that and, and can grow them as future coaches in this profession.
0: And what I've noticed with uh, something you said, part of a lot of coaching in college is mentorship. And sometimes you're going to have to have difficult conversations with players. What is if you could recall, you don't have to give away all the the details. What was the hardest conversation you've ever had with a player as a coach?
1: Um, I don't know if anything specifically, I just think it's, I think it's more when, you know, a player might be dead set on something like, you know, why am I not playing or, you know, why are you coming down on me like this? And, and, you know, you gotta, you gotta really set them down and break it down. And it's kind of, it's not a, it's not a five, 10, 15 minute phone conversation. It's a 30, 45 minute hour, you know, sit down with them. Like, Hey man, this is, you know, you clearly lay it out for them. Hey, here's, here's why you're not playing or here's why, you know, you're being reprimanded or here's what is holding you back. And and these are the things that you're doing and you got to be brutally honest with them. And that's, that's, that's probably the hardest thing to do with the player sometimes because you, you care about them and uh, you want them to trust you, but you know, sometimes the truth hurts, you know, and uh that that's probably the hardest thing you got to do is really just sit down with a player, whether they're, you know, on their way out of the program or uh, going through a tough time and struggling, maybe not playing as much or, or struggling in the academics. So.
0: Yeah. And, and so uh, kind of bouncing off of that, you know, yep. in high in high school, those, I, those difficult conversations do happen, but sometimes, we know the reality of high school football. There's less kids, mm-hmm. there's less numbers. It's not like if the coach loses their job <clears throat> security is in question. So, so sometimes those conversations get swept under the, under the rug. Um, yep. But in, in college, you know, the expectation is 100% that players are going to handle their own problems. Yep. But what's interesting is the past 10, 15 years in research that I've done, it seems like there's a phenomenon known as like the caretaker parent, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the the parent doesn't quite totally let go of their kid uh, when mm-hmm. they're off into college. And uh, what, I guess, what would be, we have a lot of parents that listen to this who are trying to get a, a hold on the recruiting thing. And as a parent, you're in a tough spot because, you know, you know, your kid doesn't know what he doesn't know and you want them to make their own decisions. But at the same time, there's also that urge like, hey, I want to step in and help my kid out. So yep. what would be one piece of advice you could give to the parents of, recruits or college football players um and how to best support their kid when they're going through adversity
1: yeah are you are you saying and are you saying that in the recruiting process or you, uh, sorry, yeah, or are you sorry yeah are you saying when they're like actually in college
0: gotcha uh more for the recruiting process
1: yeah the recruiting process i i think you know the best And you know i'm gonna we were talking about before i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a dad here in a couple months so i guess you know i i don't totally uh I'm not 100% relatable to that because I don't have a kid yet, so I don't probably don't know how hard it is to uh, let go of your kids at times. Um, the big, the biggest thing I would tell them is that, you know, for parents, they got they got to be able to trust the coaches, and that's and that's sometimes hard because sometimes it's all well the coaches, you know, the coaches, you know, messing you over, he's not playing you. Um, but but at the end of the day, we got the parents got to understand that the coaches and these high school coaches, I mean, a lot of them are not paid a lot of money. I mean, these guys are, I have tremendous respect for high school coaches and what they're doing it's very selfless work um like you're saying they're not they're not fired for you know maybe losing games or they're not uh you know they have two or three different jobs and and they're and they're busting their ass and working numerous amounts of hours for these kids so you know I think for the parents they got to understand that these coaches are in it for the right reasons um and that you know sometimes the truth is going to hurt with the kids and what they're telling their kids but they have to understand that these coaches are doing it for the right reasons, they're holding, they're trying to hold their kids accountable. And they're really trying to prepare them for the next step. Because like you said, when a kid is in high school, you don't, you know, he might be the best player on the team, he might be not the best thing for your culture, but you don't have anybody else behind him. So he's going to be able to get away with that stuff. And that's the, that's the hard balance we all find as coaches, whether you're a youth coach, you're a high school coach, you're a college coach, you know, NFL is a little different. But, you know, you try to find that balance of, is he is is this individual a culture keeper, and if he's not, you know, how do we push him to be a culture keeper, keeper, or is he just so detrimental to what we're doing that he cannot help us anymore? You know, um, so I think I think parents just got to understand that these they got to have a good open dialogue with the high school coach um, and understand that they're in it for the right reason. Um, and then, you know, but, but understand that these high school coaches are in or are, are in it for the right reason. You know, they're doing, they're doing these kids a service and they're trying to teach them life lessons that are going to carry on with them for a long time.
0: Sure. And I guess, um, to, to roll back, uh, to that, the, the point you kind of made about, you know, sometimes high school coaches are in a bind, uh, with, you know, maybe you don't have a culture fit, but, um, you have to start this kid cause there's no other 300 pound tackle in your school who could pick it up um do you adjust your coaching to the skill set and attitudes of the players in front of you or do you have your players meet your coaching style
1: yeah i i think there's that's a great question i think there's absolutely a, a mix of both um you know i think there's a there's a vision that you have as a program, you know, whether, you know, how you're at, you know, at the college level, you know, how you're at talent acquisition, how you're acquiring your talent, there's going to be guidelines of things that you are looking for. And then there's cultural things that you were looking for as well, that they must fit. But I think as, as far as when you get into schematics, I think at times coaches got to be really multiple um, and they got to be adjustable to their personnel. You know, if you want to play a, you know, I'm a defense coordinator, and we play. You know, we play three four at Rhode Island. So, yeah, I want to play three four defense. But if if all of a sudden one year we run out of defensive line, you know, we run out outside linebackers, and all we do is defensive line, we're get, we might have to adjust and become a four down defense. You know, so I think as far as what you're looking for in recruiting, you don't want to waver from, and and the culture you wanna you wanna to stick to your culture, and players got to fit in your culture. Um, but I think from the schematic standpoint, I think that's probably the most adjustable thing to, to fit your, to fit your players and, you know, fit, fit what their strengths are. So. Mm -hmm.
0: And, and can you, can you coach confidence?
1: I I do. I do think, I I think you can. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it comes with a lot of reps. Um, I think when kids, kids, these days they're, they're so visual with videos and, um, things that they see, whether it's, you know, Twitter, TV, you know, I see it with film, right? Like more and more kids, they, you know, walkthroughs are great. They love, you know, they love walkthroughs. They want to be on the field. They want to physically be able to do it. You know, walkthrough coverages, you know, we're, Hey, we are walk through cover three today. You know, some kids are going to learn better when they're doing walkthroughs. Um, but the, these kids, these kids are going to be able to build confidence from seeing themselves do it on film. Um you know, they see themselves get a two minutes, two minute situation that that's going to build confidence in them. So I think when they see themselves do it and they see themselves play with great effort. uh, I think that, I think that's a thing that you can build confidence with.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Cause it's always kind of like this chicken or the egg thing. Like some coaches, I mean, to some extent, like you have to have some confidence to have done well enough in high school to play in college, but um, it's kind of that philosophical question. Can you develop it? Um, Yeah. What would yep. you say? Is the, I'm sorry. Yeah, coach.
1: No, no, there's no, I just kind of piggyback what you're saying. I mean, there's app, there's absolutely levels of confidence too. There's guys that come in that are super confident, you know, coming out of high school, they're, they're, they're confident. And there's some guys that, you know, only become confident as seniors, you know? So there's, there's definitely different levels of it. There's guys that we get on our roster from day one that are confident. Um, but sometimes, you know, confidence is also humbled too. So, you know, a kid might come out of high school you know, super confident. And that's probably the hardest thing for a high school kid to understand. They might be, you know, first team all state in uh, at Seymour High School. They're the best player in the state of Connecticut, and they go to, you know, okay, Southern Connecticut. That's my alma mater, and they're running with the threes at inside linebacker, and that's gonna that could shoot their confidence, you know, per se. Right. Um, so it's 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 an adjustable thing. It's not just you have it, you don't. I think it's I think it's built and it's it's trained through how you're going about your business
0: every day. Right, and to. To jump off that, there every freshman has this like oh no moment where they're in their dorm room by themselves or mm-hmm. they're walking to practice by themselves, they had a tough day, and they're just sitting there wondering, like, man, what what the heck did I just get myself into? What is the number one thing that you see the freshmen struggle with? And how do you coach them through that?
1: Yeah. I, I think there's a couple of things they struggle with. And I think there's a couple stages of it, right? I think the The first the first realization of it is probably during the middle of that first training camp. They're like, oh, my God, I'm in college. I'm tired. You know, we're on, you know, we're on the third week and we're practicing all day and I'm having five meetings a day and walkthroughs and all that. Um, You know, so you got to be able to push them that first stage of physical only playing football. Right. With no school. Um, Then there's another there's really another phase of it you see with them probably in the middle of the semester, you know, you get their midterm, you know, I'm talking about the kids of Rhode Island, right. You get, you get their midterm grades, let's say at the end of October. And, you know, you got to call them in your office and talk to them about the importance of study hall and getting ahead on their work and might be, might be struggling. And they're, you know, usually their conversation is well, coach, you know, it wasn't this hard in high school. I didn't have to write this much. I didn't have to do this much. Uh, my teacher, my teacher's giving given us way too much homework. Um, you know, so there's that, there's that stage of denial and, uh, or, or just struggle. And that, and then really probably the first time they go home during break, you know, so they go home at Christmas and then they, you know, going home is easy. You know, it's the holidays. You're with mom, you're with dad, you're with loved ones, you're with, you know, grandma and grandpa, it's Christmas. Uh, and you know, they're like, okay, well, this is, this is a little easier than being at school. Do I want to go back to school? You know? Mm-hmm. So it's, that's just the reality of it. It's they, they go through so many ups and downs and waves as freshmen, not just because the confidence they need to build to play at that level, but just the also everyday life of, yeah, they're on their own. It's fun. You know, they, they, they get to stay up as late as they want to do what they want. But when you play college football or, or really any sport or anything out of college, you're, you're committed to something. It's going to, it's going to take up a lot of your time and you got to figure out a time management without, you know, people waking you up in the morning, your, your mother and father getting you up in the morning. So that's, that's probably the biggest adjustment I see.
0: Sure. Yeah. It, the football sometimes, I mean, it, I joke around with the kids that I've coached in the past. i I always tell them like, you know, football is going to be the last thing on your mind the first couple of weeks because your, your head's just going to be spinning and they're all yep. like, Oh no, I'm just going to ball out. But then like every, you know, usually about two weeks in, you get a text message and it's kind of exactly what you said. Um, yep. Well, there's a lot of college football programs out there. You guys play in the CAA, one of the best FCS conferences around. Um, what is the one thing you, a player will find at URI that they won't be able to find anywhere else?
1: Oh, man. Tough question. Find anywhere else? Uh Well, I I don't I don't love speaking on other programs, Um, but I I, I, kind of back to what I said in the the first point. I think they're they're going to be able to find an environment of of built through trust and communication. Um, We're going to talk to our players a lot, you know, on and off the field. Uh, We're going to be constantly in communication with them. Uh, We're going to be checking up with them a lot and and being their family away from home. So that's I mean, that's that's really the biggest thing that we harp is as coaches here and and as a defensive staff and and making sure you have a good pulse on your players and and understand what's going on with them and, you know, be with them during the ups. And when they make the big pick in a game versus, you know, Villanova, you know, be with them there and then, you know, be with them when they're down and they got three D's in a class and you got to pick them up out of, you know, off the ground, and, and they got to pick their grades up. So be with them during the good times. Be with them during the bad times. You know, build trust and uh, and be consistent. Because when you're consistent and your message never changes, the kid the kids won't waver either. You know, if you if they're doing great and you're up, uh, and you're super emotional. And then if they do bad, and then you're really down on them, you're ripping. You know, you're ripping them. You're really getting after them. Now you're riding the you know what we call in our our defense the emotional roller coaster. You're on the emotional roller coaster with them. So. Don't ride the emotional roller coaster. Be the same guy every day. Be consistent. Um, so you're helping them also be consistent because it's going to be a lot of ups and downs for them, especially as freshmen.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and that emotional constancy. Like that's, if you're, when you're around really successful teams or you've had the best games, usually everybody stayed real flat. Nobody got too yeah. high. Nobody got too low. Um, and what what would be one piece of advice you would give to a class of, 2021 or 2022 uh recruit and their family who are looking at this really complicated college football process um Mm -hmm. obviously covid doesn't make anything any simpler so it'll be one piece of advice to them
1: yeah uh, one one piece of advice you're saying like a like a 2022 like a junior right now i guess Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, i i would say just you know make sure you're 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 having good communications with your head coach your high school coach let them know you know what your plans are what you're trying to do lay that out for them okay hey you know I think I want to play at this level or hey I want to major in this okay or hey I want to look at this school and and take their feedback that they give back to you so they have an idea of what you are exactly looking for Um, and then make sure you're reaching out and contacting those schools Um, and it's you know, there's, there's a thousand emails that coaches get a day, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said, I, I responded to every single email every day. Uh, it's probably frustrating for parents. You know, they're saying, Hey, I emailed the coach I never got anything back. Um, you know, they're going to get back to you. They're going to do as best they can, um, you know, but, but make sure you're having an open line of communication from the parent to the player, to the coach and all the way around. So everyone's on the same page of what, what you're exactly looking for, uh, you know, take their advice uh, as the coach, and where possibly they see you playing uh but also don't settle either so you got to be able to find the, the fine line of that because you know sometimes the coach is going to tell the kid hey you're you know I don't see you playing this level and the kid is dead set on playing that level well the high school coach is the one that you know me as a coach I'm the one calling them in in, in April asking about that kid you know to get advice on that kid and they're going to give the reel on him so I, I would just say have a The best advice I would say is that Alma 2022 have a great line of communication between the parent, the player, and the coach. So you guys can all make a good plan on how to attack uh, that individual,
0: that student athlete, being able to go to the school they want to go to. What's up, Coach Nation? Coach Cale here to talk to you about how to have the necessary but tough conversations with players to help them understand exactly what is holding them back from hitting their potential with URI defensive coordinator Coach Jack Cooper. Coach Cooper, originally a Connecticut native, is in his first season with URI after coming over from the University of Nebraska, and prior to that, UCF with prolific head coach, Coach Scott Frost. His experience also includes coaching stints at D3's Salve Regina in Rhode Island and the Ivy League powerhouse, Yale University Football. To say he has a wealth of experience and knowledge would be an understatement. Enjoy. Mm Here's the out. Thanks for listening to the Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment.